All righty, here we are. It is Friday, January 6th, 2023. And this morning, I did it. I got up actually right before my alarm at 6 a.m. I feel pretty good about that. I um, I think I woke up once around uh, 4. I think it was like 3.50 something. And I was like, oh, sweet, I can roll over and go to sleep now again. I actually like that when I'm when I kind of wake up briefly in the middle of the night and then I realize I can sleep a lot longer. It's just kind of a nice like, ah, kind of moment. <laughs> and then um, and then I woke up at like 550 and felt good and remembered that I wanted to just go ahead and get up. And I just did turn the alarm off without it ever going off. And I got up. So that is a win, a win for today. That's, so it's a good morning. And of course, I did my morning routine with my coffee and my little uh, Optavia cake and my workout. I did the curls and tries and chest today. I like those exercises now. I used to dread them because I wasn't very good at them. And but now I, I actually like them because when I'm done, I feel pretty good and I feel kind of strong, strong man. And um, and so, yeah, so let's see what to talk about today. So yesterday, let's see, today I got a pretty light day. Um, nothing really on the calendar except for my uh, second meeting with Cliff, Cliff Ravenscraft. Um if anyone's listening to this, uh, he used to be the podcast answer man. Now he's the mindset answer man. And uh, we signed up for his one-on-one -on -one coaching about a month ago. And so today will be my second meeting with him. The first one was quite impactful and had me read a few books since then. And so a lot of personal growth there that I am enjoying. So I'm really looking forward to that meeting. Um, but between now and then, I suspect uh, I'll be working until it's about seven o'clock right now. And so I get the I get my work time until 10. And I actually do have some things I actually need to work on where we started the um, 12 week year this year. Um, if you've never read that book, it is basically a way to stop making annual plans. And so. You know, annual, annual plan in January seems like so far away that just the psychology of it is that you don't get in a hurry. Uh, you don't focus until like the fourth quarter and you're like, oh, crap, we got to meet our annual plans. Whereas what if you just approached each quarter as its own year uh, and you split up each week into like it's a month? And so it's just, you know, it's not really dividing time any different. It's not really a year that's 12 weeks long, but it's just a way of thinking about it, a way of setting goals, a way of prioritizing and sticking to your plan. Um, and so, so far in our business, we've kind of just been fly by the seat of our pants and just, um, you know, putting out fires, coming up with just starting stuff all the time and really just scatterbrained. And that ends up with a whole lot on your plate. And it gets exhausting and confusing. And so um, Shane Sams had recommended that a while back and he does that with his business. And so we thought, hey, let's try it out. So anyhow, um, we are in our 12 week year, first year, first week of that. And we all have our things to do. 
And so far it's actually been beneficial because in particular for Nicole, um, she took a break over uh, the Christmas between Christmas and New Year's. And so she had a bunch of TikTok videos she needed to do and working on her AMP for uh, the co-op class. And so normally she would just like work on those. And then the plans that we had to work on the revamp of the business would have been just pushed off to the side, but we talked about it and it's like, well, you have enough TikTok videos for this week. You've got the AMP ready for next week. So now work on the other things that are on the plan for this week. And, you know, you'll be able to work again next week. And so she did, and she's actually finding, Hey, this is actually kind of nice. I'm actually accomplishing the things on the list and not getting behind in any area as opposed to trying to get way ahead in one area and therefore getting behind in other areas. And so, so far it's working pretty good. And so that means that today I actually have some of that kind of work to do. My plate is not quite as full as hers. I'm taking uh, the majority of the, of the work of home life and with the nursing tutoring thing, obviously she is the nurse. And so I can't do the TikTok videos and I can't do the teaching, but I can write the emails because they don't know the difference. <laughs> and that's one of the things I need to do today is work on a sales page. Uh, we're revamping our, uh, our membership offer. We're changing the name of it. We're changing, we're turning it, turning it into different tiers. And uh, after reading Russell Brunson's book, I'm thinking we're actually going to change kind of the, the way we talk about it. Because one of the things that has been true from the beginning is Nicole has always positioned herself that she's, we call her, it's your nursing tutor, and we call it tutoring, but the truth is she's more of a, really a, a nursing school mindset coach. Yeah, she gives them, you know, the, the core of it is she teaches them a way to study, a way to think about the material that lends itself to actually remembering it and being able to pass your test. It's not just a bunch of content review and, um, you know, here's what to study. It's how to study, how to study, and also how to think about it and how to, you know, deal with test anxiety and things like that. So she's really more of a nursing school mindset coach. But guess what? No, no nursing student is like Googling that. Well, maybe some are, but most are looking for a tutor. They're looking for a content review. And so for marketing purposes, We've always pitched it as tutoring, but with uh, Russell, Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets, he, he pitches this idea of uh, don't just be a better tutor, be something new, be something new. Uh, and so we're really looking at probably actually promoting ourselves as a nursing school coaches, a nursing school coach. It's not tutoring, it's coaching and really just kind of going all in on that. Um, and what was the other thing he said? Oh, well, um, there was another thing in there about that, uh, that I think is going to help us out that I can't think of it at the moment, but anyway, that's not what I was, I guess I didn't actually plan what I was going to talk about this morning. And that's kind of what I like about this podcast. And it's probably, um, really annoying to listen to. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. What's funny is I was thinking this morning as I was sitting downstairs before I was coming upstairs to do this, it's like, you know, this is the kind of podcast I don't like to listen to. You know, I like teaching podcasts. I like to go in and there's a prepared lesson and there's, you know, curriculum that we're going through. I don't 
necessarily like just listening to some person talk about their day. And yet this is the kind of podcast I'm creating. But that also reminded me that in marketing and just in life, guess what? Not everyone is like me. And I'm not doing this podcast um, for me to listen to. In fact, I'm probably likely never going to listen to the, an episode after I record it. This is really for other people that, for whatever reason, might want to actually listen to what's going on in my life. And uh, it's also kind of a form of therapy for me. It's a way for me to process my thoughts, process my day in a way that is positive. Because what I'm probably not going to do, because of my self-perception of the kind of person I want to be, is I'm not going to hop on here and rant and rave and complain and and grumble and talk bad about my kids or anything like that. So this is kind of a place where it's uh, it's being recorded, it's being published. People might actually listen to this. People that I know might listen to this. My kids might actually listen to this. And so this is a, a place where... I can be honest and transparent, but I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna not be negative. So that's, that's kind of like the way I, the way I roll, the way I have to present myself, I guess, to other people. And so this is probably more vulnerable than I ever usually am, but vulnerable doesn't mean that I have to let you in on, you know, my bad, uh, my, my complaining vulnerable doesn't mean complaining. It just means being honest about um, what what I'm doing and what's going on in my head. So anywho, uh, so yeah, today I got my meeting with Cliff Ravenscraft and probably before that this morning, we're going to be probably taking a family trip to the Dollar Tree. That's right. It's like, you know, in my house, because of just the way we have lived for years with our kids and because we've hardly ever had money, Um, We don't do a lot of out of the house activities with the kids. Like we don't have, you know, a lot of people when they hear we have six kids, they're always like, oh my gosh, I have three kids and I'm like busier than I can imagine. Well, that's usually because they have each one of their kids in like three different extracurricular activities in which they shuffle them around to. And we don't do that. You know, we, we homeschool. And so we have just the one day of actual school school, um, that we go somewhere that's the co-op they they have homework every day and they have trail life on monday nights so that's one thing where they all go at the same time well they saw the older ones and that's about it like we don't have a lot of regularly scheduled events for the kids and some people might be like well how are they ever going to do fun things well they do you know it's just not going to be the same fun things that other people do you know we tried doing like uh intramural type of like soccer a soccer league for dylan once and it's like it was okay but at the end of the day guess what none of them are going to be soccer stars or football stars or anything like that if they really want to be then when they have the choice when they're old enough to drive themselves around and they have the choice to do what they want to do they can pursue that but right now we just don't honestly have the bandwidth with that many kids to do that kind of thing so all that to say that a trip to the Dollar Tree is like, they love it. (laughs) And it's actually, it's a good thing. That means that the bar is pretty low, that they get excited about simple things, as opposed to if we had a whole bunch of, if we went to Disney World every month, then it'd be hard to impress them, right? Anyway, that's my thinking. I could be totally wrong, but 
anyway, that's that's our life. So anyway, we're going to the Dollar Tree uh, because Caleb, our nine-year-old, uh, he, so one of the things the kids have had for the longest time growing up is what we call a cuddly. It's like this little uh, stuffed animal that's like a, uh, uh, like a washcloth in a way with a head, but it's soft and fuzzy and stuff. And so I don't even know what they're actually called, but they're, they sell them in lots of places, especially for like toddlers and babies and stuff. It's just like this, it'll be like the head of a frog with like just this blanket like body um that's about i don't know 10 inches by 10 inches or something well anyway we've gotten them these call them cuddlies and they've each had one and um dylan he he like chewed his into just disintegrating it and so he he still has He's 13 and he still does the stuffed animals and things. So he still definitely hasn't crossed over quite yet. But um, so it's still sweet and cute. Um, but he has this cuddly that is literally just a head. <laughs> the whole rest of it was chewed off. And to me, it's just so disgusting. And he likes to like threaten me with it all the time. And it's like, ugh. but anyway, it's kid stuff. And so Dylan has that. What do you didn't exactly chew hers apart, but Caleb had this one that was a froggy cuddly. And this is another thing is like the tag. So <laughs> there's this infamous story about the tag. So on the cuddly, there's a tag. In fact, there's some cuddlies that are literally just a bunch of tags. Uh, Oscar has one of those. And um, they like tags. They like to chew on them. They like the feel of them. They squish them around in their fingers, rub them on their faces. Like it's all this sensory stuff that I don't understand. Because I guess I never had that growing up that I know of. Anywho, and so um, Caleb had this froggy uh, cuddly that <laughs> has needed repairs for a long time. Like it's just the head's fallen off. And now we just don't even bother. Our heads have fallen off. And so he had the tag the tag of this cuddly was its own thing. It had fallen off and now it was taggy. And he cherished this little tag like it was his best friend. <laughs> and he would, you know, basically suck on a suck. A, uh, this is what he was suck on his thumb and then hold his little taggy. Like that's how we'd fall asleep. And so we try to break him of, of sucking their thumb. And so I think this was Caleb's idea or her, he and Nicole arranged something where if he can go a week without sucking his thumb, then he can have, or two weeks, he can have his taggy back. And we did that and we wrapped it up as a Christmas present. And he was all excited about it. But then there was another deal that I guess if he can continue doing it, then he gets to go to the Dollar Tree up to five weeks and then go to five below. And we've done that before with other kids having to, needing to quit sucking their thumb or whatever it was. Um, <clears throat> And so we owe him like four weeks worth because that's just how it rolls. Like, again, we don't take the, all the kids out because it's not just taking Caleb because here's, here's kind of the way our home, Nicole and I work. So since we both work from home and all the kids are home, you know, one of us has to be on duty with the kids, you know, 24-7 all the time. Now, we do let 
the older kids, and it's mainly Oscar. It's the youngest one at Phoebe because they're the ones that are, you know, they tend to get into things or, you know, need the most supervision because he's two and she's five. Uh, the other ones, they can pretty much handle themselves. And so we typically will task, you know, one of the older kids, you know, Isaac and up to babysit Oscar while we're on like an hour call together. And so they get, you know, paid for that. And it works out. And really, it's just a matter of like, this makes sure Oscar, Oscar doesn't like, you know, kill some, you know, kill himself. <laughs> and they do an okay job at that. And the other, the other main rule is like, we don't want Oscar coming and knocking on our door while we're in the middle of our call. It's like, if he does that, you don't get paid. Like, that's the main thing. Just keep Oscar alive and keep him away from us. That's basically the role of the babysitter. And they're not always the best at it. But either way, it's better than nothing. But we can't do that for long stretches of the day. So, for example, you know, I get my work time here until 10 a.m., and so right now it's seven. And so that's, you know, they're not going to get up probably till eight ish, but that's still the whole morning routine and breakfast and everything. Well, we can't just entrust kids to take care of Oscar during that time. And so Nicole's on duty, but then we trade over and I'm on duty pretty much the rest of the day until dinner. Well, I can't just task the other kids with watching Oscar during that time all day. So it's, I forget why I was even going down that rabbit trail. Oh yeah, that's why, because and so that to say that I can't just, while Nicole's working, I can't just take off uh, Caleb over to the Dollar Tree. Now, I probably could, um, you know, just have one of the other kids babysit, but typically we only reserve the other kids babysitting for when uh, we're still both in the house, not when one of us is completely gone, because when we're still both in the house, we're in the middle of a call or something, then, you know... A, emergency happens one of us can hop off the call and, and go take care of it while the other one stays on whereas if the other parent is just gone gone then there's no you, the parent will have to like step out of the call or interrupt the recording just, it, anyway it's just one of us needs to be available even if we're technically not available and so being out of the house doesn't work for that so anyway i'm sure you get it you're smart um, I can't just take Caleb to the Dollar Tree while Nicole is working and tag Dylan with babysitting Oscar. So we're not doing that just yet, which means that I need to take Oscar with us and probably Phoebe too. And really, honestly, everyone wants to go. So it's going to become an all kids trip to the Dollar Tree, which is easy. And they all actually have their own money. And so they can spend their money on most likely candy and junk. And that's, I mean, if you're, when you're a kid, why not, if you have money, why not spend it on that? I know that's what I did. I, I had a paper route when I was 13 and up and I spent every last penny of that money on junk, mostly candy. <laughs> and looking back, I'm just like, I was such an idiot. Oh, if I just saved that money and all that stuff, but you know what? That's the journey. And that's really one of the things I'm really, really, really trying hard to see in my own kids, especially my oldest, Dylan. I see him basically, he's just me. He's a mini me. And I don't like to admit that, but the truth is that he is. That he's, he's, he's got all the same shortcomings and same, um, you know, benefits or same um, positive attributes. Like he's very smart. 
He's very engineering like. He's really into video games and really into sugar. And it's like, I would rather he wasn't into video games and sugar, but guess what I am? <laughs> and and the, the part of me is like, no, I want you to learn from the wisdom that I have gained all these years. I think I mentioned that yesterday. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't work. I can't just pass on the lessons learned that I have. I can't pass on the, the true internal wisdom of knowing, you know what, even though I would prefer to just eat sugar all the time, I really shouldn't. In fact, I don't really want to because of all the consequences I know that it brings, even though I might crack sometimes. He doesn't have that. He doesn't, he's not experienced any negative consequences for eating sugar so far. To him, it tastes good, makes him feel good. And he knows that if he eats way too much, he might feel a little bad for a little while, but the next day he'll be fine. And so same with screens. He doesn't see any and none of the kids see like yesterday. So we've been doing kind of like uh, unlimited screens for about a week, maybe almost two weeks. And so pretty much all day long, every single kid is just screen screens, phones, computer, a projector, the switch, just constant because in years ever since then, ever since before then, and we've just kind of been restrictive on it. So we were like, let's experiment and see if they self-regulate. Well, guess what? They don't, <clears throat> they don't self-regulate. And I just highly doubt that if they were given free reign for even a full year, they would never self-regulate because they have my temperament and they just are addicted to screens. And honestly, there's, you know, what else is there to do? You know, there's lots actually like, like games. We have lots of board games. You can go outside. It's actually nice outside in January, but anywho, I forget where I was going. Yeah. The Dollar Tree. So we're going to the Dollar Tree and they're going to spend their stuff, spend their money on junk and they're going to love it. And that's part of being a kid. So anywho, I suppose that's probably enough of a podcast today. I try to keep these to about 15 ish minutes. I think that's about how long it's been. So, anywho, if you're listening, I hope you enjoy my rambling. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to another episode of The Life Less Traveled. Have a good one. <laughs>